everybody, and welcome back to Bezel Banter, a podcast that covers different topics, including travel, various gear, and of course, watches. I'm Leslie. And I'm Ernesto. And uh, today we're talking about uh, some of our important pieces in our watch collection and the meaning behind, uh, behind them. Yeah, but you know what, Leslie, before we get started, why don't we do a wristwatch check? What do you, what do you have on your wrist today? Yes. So today I am wearing my um, Ming watch, which is the 1706, the copper version. Oh, beautiful. What about you? Beautiful. Today I'm wearing my Omega Planet Ocean. It was the first generation. This is the extra large. So it's a big whopping 45.5 millimeters on my wrist. So that's what I have on today. Nice. And I think mine is the uh, smaller one in my collection. I don't, uh, yeah, I think it's a 38 millimeter. So I don't, yeah, I don't have anything smaller than that. That is uh, such a cool piece though. That I love the dial on that, on that watch. Just amazing. It's, it is. It's quite mesmerizing to be honest. Yeah. A lot of intricacies on there. Mm-hmm. So how's yeah, your day yeah. going so far anyway? Very good. Very good. Fueled by coffee, as always. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm actually good. drinking a little bit of tea, so that's kind of weird oh, for me. nice. Trying some tea. Yes. So Healthy. Cool. Yeah. So um, would you like to go ahead and get started? Yes, of course. So um, I think we decided on focusing on, on, on just five, right? Um, simply because we have more than five watches. And if we were talking about each and every one of them... Well, it, it would be more than one episode. But yeah, we'll focus just on five. Um, so I'm going to start with the first one. And um, I know I've already mentioned it in our previous episode when we were introducing you know, the podcast and introducing ourselves. Um, so I talked about the Tudor, the um, Black Bay Heritage, the uh, Noir edition. So uh, the one with the black yes. bezel. Uh, it's the ETA movement and it's the reference 79220N. And it's for Noir, which is French for black. Um, so this is the first watch that uh, the first high-end timepiece that I acquired. Uh, I technically didn't buy it it was more of a of a gift um so it's uh it's not the the first watch that i yeah that i bought but it's the first one that i had and well at the time i didn't have a watch box and didn't really need one either because i only had one um <laughs> right. but uh it's the um the one that i was uh that i got to wear like i mean for probably at least a year this was the only one and so I got to wear it and enjoy it every day it it went along with me everywhere I go so every travel uh, it swam in so many oceans and uh, visited so many places and it's still the one that I bring everywhere I go it's like my a little bit of a no-brainer watch. I love that, uh, you know, that diver look. Uh, I love the um, the history of Tudor and the history of this particular watch. And I also, um, if if I'm um, if I'm correct, and from what I'm remembering, it was only available. It was only produced at least for six months, and then they switched to ETA, so their in-house movement. So it's a right, little. I think bit, that was a. 
mm-hmm. limited, some, not limited as in the sense of limited edition, but I think you're right. They, it was only produced for a very short period of time, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I had the choice, like, you know, I could get the red or the blue, um, but the black was just so versatile. And, you know, we talked about that gilt dial. It just, yeah, it, it looks amazing. So that would be... And, and as a first mm-hmm. watch, you can't go wrong with that one. No, no. And that's really, yeah, I, I think it's, that's the one that I would also kind of recommend to. Uh, it it, it kind of does it all. So yeah, that's uh, one of the, the watch that's the most meaningful for me, at least in my collection um, right now. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great watch. Um, and again, if you're wanting to listen to a little bit more of Leslie's insight, you can take a look at our first episode. You can refer back to our bezel banter episode number one, uh, because Leslie does talk a little bit more about that Tudor Black Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, it would be the watch I'm wearing today. That's one of the five, definitely. The Omega Planet Ocean, extra large. Uh, this is the first generation. And, uh, you know, this was my first automatic watch that I picked up. I remember it was around 2006 and, you know, James Bond was big back in then. And I think it was the uh, um, Daniel Craig version of our James Bond. Mm-hmm. And um, and that watch, there was just something about that. As I mentioned to a lot of our viewers, I'm huge. I'm a huge dive watch fanatic. I really gravitate towards mm-hmm. those types of watches. And... Um, that one just spoke to me with the orange 12, 6, and 9. Uh, you know, those orange to me just popped. It, it still has the black bezel mm-hmm. on there. And and when I when I purchased it, when I acquired this watch, it was, of course, on the bracelet. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, an in, it's an interesting watch because that watch on the bracelet really wears large. And I've changed to putting it into straps or NATOs and it's, it's just a fun watch to have very robust. And again, one of the first ones to add into my collection. And I think that was the, that was the catalyst. That was the one that, uh, that was the bug that bit me, if you will. And it's yeah. been, uh, it's been history ever since. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's my, that's my first one. Yeah. It's, it's a really great watch. Really, um, like great looking. Uh, and if you like divers, it makes a lot of sense. Cool. Yeah. How about how about a next one for you? Okay, the um, second one, and I think I'm kind of like doing it chronologically too, uh, in a way when I'm looking, when I'm thinking about those watches that have been meaningful because um, uh, I've I've kind of evolved, like my um, the process in collecting um, evolved, and my state of mind evolved too. So. Um, the next one, the second one, the, I mean, they're in no particular order of importance, but they're in order of basically like collecting. Uh, that's the second one. This is one I really spent a long time um, finding um, and it had to like it had to check all the boxes, uh, design, look, complication, uh, craftsmanship, uh, uniqueness, value. It had to check all of it. So it's, it was kind of like a unicorn watch because I kept comparing everything for about a couple of years before, you know, <laughs> spending my, my hard earned money. Um, right. it was really like it, <laughs> when you start collecting and you're seeing like, you know, um, 
all those zeros, you're like, oh my gosh. Um, so it had to be like, it wasn't just, you know, a few months, it was like years and, and, and pulling the trigger, if I may say. So it's the, uh, Je gère le coutre, uh, the master calendar and the one with the meteorite dial. That's the reference on one five, five, eight, four, two, one. It's discontinued right now. Uh, their master collect, uh, master control calendar, uh, has always been part of their uh, catalog, and it's one of the uh, ic- most iconic timepiece for Gégère Lecoutre. And uh, I remember when they released it, I wasn't too set on it. Um, it was a little different, and I was looking, you know, I was just starting learning. Uh, so I was just focusing on more traditional uh, timepieces, I guess. And um, so I was working for an AD at the time and I kept passing in front of it every single day. I always thought I would end <laughs> up with a reversal first from Jaeger, but, uh, or should I say, but actually, um, I was passing in front of it every day. And at first it wasn't, mm, you know, it was nice, uh, special. I love the story by the meteorite dial, uh, which, uh, you know, is billions of years old and fell on earth um, 300 million years ago, something like that. I think in Finland, I should brush up on on that history. Uh, But (laughs) I I was reading about it then and I was like, wow, that's pretty amazing. You have a piece of the sky on your wrist. But it was, I don't know, it wasn't wasn't there yet. And then I was comparing it to other and it was a lot of money. And but every day I would pass in front of it and I would be like, you know what? Actually, it started growing on me. And at some point, it was just like it was meant to be. I'm like, you know what? Actually, no, that's the one. Um, so, so question for you. Mm-hmm. How many times did you try that watch on before you ended up pulling the trigger on that watch? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Not even that many times because what? at first I just didn't really like it wasn't doing anything for me. So I was like, huh. So yeah, I probably put it on at first, like when we received it. See, so, oh yeah, I like the size and yeah, it looks uh-huh. nice and it's a great watch. Uh, towards the end, it was, um, I was, I wanted the, um, the tribute, um, black dial, the tribute reverso tribute to the 1931 reverso black dial, but it was discontinued, sold out. So I was like, ah, okay, fine. And I don't know, there was a click. And then all of a sudden I'm like, you know what? No, that's the one. And I didn't have to try it on, you know, like uh, that much. I think I put it on a couple of times more and that was it. Um, because it was just. I don't know. It made total sense. It, it it checked all the boxes, and it's. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, and um, it's a it's a thirty nine millimeter, very mm-hmm. wearable yes, case. Yes, very. Yeah. Um, and it's just a you know it's a great timepiece. A yeah. lot of, a lot of intense complication in that watch. That is mm-hmm. not a you know three hand watch. That is not a time only watch. That's yeah. got some punch to it, and it and it weighs pretty heavily when you mm-hmm. look at horology and what type of movements in that in that time mm-hmm. piece so yeah that's a great that's a great number two yeah, for you yeah yeah um so, yeah what about yours um, so for me i would have to say that it was the rolex date just mm-hmm. reference 1603 and so that the this particular watch was actually my first rolex ever and uh i made the decision to go ahead and uh, purchase this watch. And the watch in itself was made in 1972, uh, which uh, significant because that's when I was made. And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I just wanted a timepiece to have in my collection 
because uh, I wanted to see, well, who's going to out who's going to outlive the other? Is it going to be the watch or is it going to be me? It's probably going to be the watch. Unfortunately, I sad to say that, but you know, it was just my first Rolex and you know, that watch, I bought it on the bracelet and I rarely wear it on the bracelet today. Um, the, the bracelet of course is from the seventies. So it's jingly jangly. It's kind of loosey goosey. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's just nice to have that part of the watch but I, I often wear it on leather straps mm -hmm. now and it looks good you know, on the actually, leather strap too it, it really does depending upon yeah. which leather you get and I um and I tend to wear that watch as a dress watch I don't think that it was intended to be a dress watch when it came out I think it was just more of an everyday watch when it first came out but I oftentimes wear it when I'm in a suit and mm -hmm. I wear a suit for work all the time so for me uh, at least you know pre pre uh <laughs> social oh, yeah. distancing days oh, yeah. um but so that's oftentimes something that i would just be really fly under the radar if you mm -hmm. will and yeah. uh, it would just be a watch that i know that has meaning in my collection um so yeah that that would be my number two watch. yeah that's a good one that's a very good one and i'm always the same thing with the bracelet uh i love it on bracelets but sometimes i i'm so I don't want to polish my watches and I want to preserve the bracelet as much as possible. So I tend to also switch and wear it, uh, or at least wear it on straps because I'm, you know, straps you can change. Um, plus it looks really good with a strap. Agree. Uh, and you brought something up as far as polishing. And I think that there are two schools or maybe more than two schools of thought with regards to polishing. And you'll have the tried and true folks that collect uh, maybe vintage and they want, mm -hmm. you know, they, they want something that looks like it's been worn. And mm -hmm. they don't want mm -hmm. it polished. They don't want yep. when you when you polish those watches, it removes some of that case. So exactly. you know, over time, if you keep polishing and polishing those watches, all of a sudden the geometry of the case shape just changes, and it's mm -hmm. not to the original. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't mean to get tangential. This might be another topic uh, for us down the road. But there are some too that they like just a very uh, clean looking and, and almost, um, uh, like a brand new watch and they, yeah. they polish it every time. And oh, that's, that's yes. okay. Either yeah. way is either mm -hmm. way is good, I guess. It just depends it, it, upon. What exactly. Either way it's good. I'm more on the first type of people. I'm, I try to be careful for some of the, my watches, but I, I don't really like to have it polished. Um, I just, I don't know, keep it hit like the history of the watch and I don't, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I, mm -hmm. I totally yeah, totally and agree. it's um so for my third watch it would be the Rolex Submariner, and to you know bridge that with the polishing, uh you know discussion that we were just having, um I bought it pre-owned, so I bought my sub pre-owned, and I made sure I checked like you actually you taught me that how to check the case lugs, making sure everything's sharp, the crown is like you know still sharp too on the clasp, um so I. I followed, um, you know, your, your advice and, um, and this watch. So this watch was the third one that I, uh, I bought. Well, that, that I added to my collection at least. And, um, I wasn't in the market for Rolex at all. Uh, on the contrary, uh, you know, Rolex, we, we love to hate Rolex and, and we hate to love it. Uh, it's, it's that relationship. Make amazing, amazing watches. Beautiful, gorgeous. They set the standard really high in terms of design and quality. But everyone, love, 
everyone loves Rolex. Everyone wants one. And so I was like, oh, it's a little bit too much. I'll attract the attention and I don't know. But again, I came across, uh, so I was still, um, you know, working for, for an AD then as well. And we had a few, it was way before. It was a little before that, that, that Rolex craziness really started. So I think it was um, about two and a half years ago, almost three. So we had... And, and Leslie, we, mm-hmm. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I don't know if you mentioned, is this the just the regular Submariner or is this a Submariner date? Oh, it's the Submariner date. So yes, I, oh, I, gotcha. I apologize. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. Just, <laughs> just wanting to make sure that our listeners knew which uh, mm-hmm. they could. Yes, to, to bridge on the topic we were talking about polishing, um, my third watch, I bought pre-owned. And I believe it's been polished, but very lightly. So for the third watch that I'm I'm picking on, and, and I think is like one of the most significant in, um, or at least some very important meaning behind, uh, you know, in my collection, it's the Rolex Submariner, and it's the reference one six six one zero. It's an M series, and um, I it, so it's the Submariner date. It has so no holes, obviously. Older bracelet. It's the older K shape. Um, mm-hmm. So not the current one, not the one previous to that. It doesn't have the acrylic bezel, but it has the serial number engraved inside of the bezel ring. And so I, back then, I wasn't looking for a sub. I was looking for a Rolex. Um, but we had a few in our case that were pre-owned. And as I was doing some research for, for a client, I looked at you know serial number, and I know we're not supposed to... Uh, Serial number doesn't really tell us the year, but it kind of does. And, and anyway, um, it's it's a whole different story, too. Uh, we can have maybe another podcast, <laughs> another episode on that. Um, so I was looking and, and, and some, you know, um, places were saying, you know, 2008, maybe sometimes 2009. So I was like, well, 2008, that's the year I moved to the U.S., and I actually now remember I bought it in 2018. So I was celebrating my 10 years in the U.S. And I was also celebrating a promotion. I was becoming a uh, uh, store manager then. Um, so to, to celebrate this milestone, right, we always try to find excuses uh, to buy another watch. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was the perfect one. Perfect excuse. So I was like, oh, let me buy another watch. And I was doing those research and I came across, we had three sub on uh, two dates, one non-date. And I was like, damn, this one is from 2008. Mm-hmm. And why not? Uh, so the idea, you know, it took me some time to... Um, decide to really, uh, you know, um, to to get it and to add it to my collection. I wasn't so sure because it was a Rolex. And, I mean, it's perfect to celebrate a promotion, um, but at the same time, it's a Rolex. And it's, you know, everyone, it's very recognizable. It, sent, it can send a, a specific message, too, that I wasn't sure I wanted to send. Um, but I... Um, yeah, I love it, and I'm so glad um, it's part of my collection because as much as everyone has a sub or everyone wants a sub, it's that popular for a reason, and it's so classic. And Again, it set the standard uh, in terms of design, in terms of qualities for you know most of the watches that we have today yeah, de- so definitely um, yeah. there's a definite love hate relationship with Rolex I mean at least for me um 
and it seems like almost every time they discontinue or launch something, that, that love-hate <laughs> relationship comes out. <laughs> yeah. And then in time, you know, time heals all wounds. And so you kind of yeah. get, you kind of get over it a little bit. But yeah, there's, there's definitely, <laughs> there's definitely love with the Rolex. And so Leslie, I had a question uh-huh. for you. So is this your, was that your first pre-owned uh, watch that you ended up? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it was my first pre-owned, and um, I bought it with no box, no papers. That's okay. I know this is <laughs> a lot of people also like. There's a lot of debate on that, uh, and and I understand like for really true vintage, it can be okay, but sometimes it it's fine. I bought it no box, no paper. If I really want a box, well, I, I guess there's eBay or other places too. If it's I I bought it for me, and yes. In some situation, not all of them, but in some situation, it can alter the resale value. Mm-hmm. I'm not planning on selling it anyway, yeah. so it doesn't matter. It's nice to have the complete sets. I, I love to have complete sets of everything. But, you know, on this one, for some some reason, it never really bothered me. And I never thought twice about the no box, no paper yeah, that, thing at and all. And I think that's okay because, and correct me if I am wrong, um, I don't think that the Paul Newman Rolex Daytona came with box and papers. I think when they did that in the auction, it was just straight out watch. But please, yeah. if there are any viewers out there, have other... just let me know if I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let us know for sure. I It might have other documentation, but yeah, I don't think it has. Well, it, it, who knows? It could have. But uh, in a lot of the vintage pieces, um, I was watching a documentary, uh, like an um like a YouTube, uh, like a little discussion between two collectors slash uh, dealers. And they were saying that back then they were really two watches. And so no one kept those papers. And uh, and and mine might not be a vintage, but it really, it didn't. Uh, if you love the piece, if you love the watch, if it has meaning for you, then that's that's really all that matters. I agree. And then most likely it's going to stay in your collection. So because, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, because of uh, there's a certain significance to that watch. Mm-hmm. You know, totally, totally yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So that was, what number was that? Three? Three, oh, okay. yes. So What's for me, <laughs> for me, it would be, um, it would be my Doxa Sub 5000T Professional. Mm-hmm. So that watch. I love that one. That watch, I, I ended up one. getting it as a gift, actually, from my wife. And uh, I ended up getting that in 2009 for our 10-year anniversary. And so that watch, uh, you know, it, it, at that time, I was very much into larger watches. And that watch, mm-hmm. I swear, sometimes when I put it on, um, it's like eight pounds on my left wrist. <laughs> but it's not. It's not. But it's, 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 it's a large, exactly it, just on that left side. <laughs> um, but it's one of those watches that it was just very large. And it's, it's, it's definitely a tool watch. And I, I love those dive watches. And I don't wear it as often now because it does have that meaning. But every so often, I pull that thing out of the safe mm-hmm. and, and wear that. And I just uh, that piece means a lot to me. And, uh, I just enjoy putting that on. It's a different feel than a lot of my other watches. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really what matters regardless of brands, regardless of price. It's all about, um, that feeling you get when, you, when you wear it or when you look at it. I know, um, Adrian from, um, Bark and Jack just had that, um, 
I just had that uh, video where he was talking about this, and I thought it was very interesting um, to always, you know, get our watches based on what we feel Absolutely. for ourselves. You know, I, I think that's, you know, yeah. to dovetail what you're saying, uh, a lot of people get focused on mainstream brands. And Doxa, I don't, I wouldn't consider Doxa a mainstream brand. I think it has its cult following. But I will tell you, mm-hmm. Doxa has a very rich history with regards to diving. And Doxa has been out since 1800 um, as a watch. I mean, they, they didn't start out as dive watches. They were actually like dressy timepieces and smaller. And so it's it's neat to watch the evolution of that brand. And I'm a huge fan of that brand just because of the history behind it um, and, and, you know, the just the look of that watch it's just it's an it just looks so and good and you can really beat does. that watch up i mean like it is mm-hmm. meant to be yeah. worn uh, it's not one to yeah exactly so, yeah so that exactly that's my number three good one yeah, thank you that's thank a good you. one um How about you so for my fourth um I picked, and, and by the way, it's really difficult. It's like picking your, your children, right? right? right. Uh, <laughs> That's it. You don't really have a favorite. They all have different personalities and, and different things. And uh, so it's not like a question of preference. It's it's really like just focusing on, on you know, just a few watches who have like some, you know, meanings behind uh, and we're there to like, you know, celebrate moments or, um, you know, simply just, you know, we're with us in, in important moments in our life. So um, the fourth one is my um, IWC Mark 18 Le Petit Prince edition. So the Petit Prince uh, or LPP for uh, those in the know. <laughs> That's um, the AKA version LPP. <laughs> <laughs> I know the first time I heard that I was like, huh? It, it just stopped me in my track, but yeah, okay, that that makes it shorter. And and sometimes when we say French words, uh, Americans are like, wait, what is that? Or when I say those words, uh, it just sounds off when I'm using like a slightly e- English accent. So LPP works too. Um, but yes, that's the one with the blue that's dial. That's a beautiful, yeah, um, beautiful dial on that. Yeah, yeah. that blue is gorgeous. It's like the. Yeah, sunburst style. It looks black sometimes, you know, depending on the angle and the light. And sometimes it's like really like this beautiful, deep, rich blue. Um, so um, not one that I thought I'd have in my collection, to be honest, because I always obsessed over the big pilots. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? For my um, IWC watch, I'll get a big pilot. I'll wait. I'll save. And I still plan on getting a big pilot one day. Um but I uh, got the occasion to um, to get um, an IWC and and um, and I was like, well, out of all of them, those were in, in my price range. Um, I'm like, I think I I don't know. Again, it, it's a watch that grew on me. It's it's really funny because um, it's not one that at first I thought I'd get, right. and then at some point it became just obvious that. It was just meant to be. Uh, so for the little story, the, the Petit Prince is uh, a book. It's the second um, most translated book in the world, which I didn't know at the time. Um, first one being the Bible. And um, written by uh, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, who used to be a pilot in uh, the military. And um, so a French book, 
And Antoine de Saint-Exupéry is from Lyon, which is where I'm from. Uh, I'm right next to the airport, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, uh, actually. So um, a, a lot of meaning there as well. You, you know, it brought me back. I, I love pilot watches. I love that look. Uh, and um, for this one, it just made me think of home as well. Plus, I have a son. So, you know, yes. a little prince. Yeah. Uh, so it, it checked. I mean, it was just so meaningful in so many ways. Um, I, I thought that the fact that it was an ETA movement would kind of bother me, um, but it didn't. It still doesn't. Um, I, I, I used to prefer, you know, in-house movement, but honestly, uh, I think I get over that. Um, I, asked, I was asked questions about, oh, what about that date window? It's not aligned. Never was a bother to me either. Uh, the more I look at it, the more I love it. I bought it. I followed my own advice. I bought it on the bracelet, although I didn't care so much for the bracelet back then. So I was like, as soon as I'm going to get it, I'm going to put it on an 8 I'm going to put it on a leather strap. And actually, I never did because that bracelet is simply amazing. <laughs> Super comfortable. The clasp adjusts very easily. Uh, so when you're flying or, you know, when you eat... Chinese are pizza and your wrist swells a little. <laughs> <laughs> you can adjust it without, you know, without looking like you're doing anything to your watch. It's just like, boom, you're pressing that little clasp there. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's so comfortable. I even went swimming with it. Um, and again, the more I look at that dial, the more I, I just fall in love. And it's, wow. So um, very meaningful. And, and one other watch that just, like just grew on me. I was pr pretty much certain it was too small at first because you know, it was 40 millimeters. Oh my gosh. And I just left uh, bigger, um, bigger watches too. So I was looking at a big pilot, but you know, um, no, no, it's, uh, this one's here to stay yeah, as well. And absolutely with all good reason why that watch means a lot to you. It's got some great, mm -hmm. uh, great features definitely on that watch. So no, that's a great one. Uh, and that's your number four. That's my number four. Like yeah. You're on my list. We're going back to mm -hmm. Rolex. And for me, ah, <laughs> yes. so for me, my number four is my Rolex Explorer two. And it's oh, not the yeah. new version. It's the older version. It's the reference one, six, five, seven, zero. And, uh, while a lot of people gravitate towards the polar, um, I went with a black dial and I should say that mm -hmm. I have had experience with the polar and I've owned a Polar before, and um, I just I just like that particular watch in the black. And so for me, it's it's a watch that I wear often as I travel. That is one that I definitely take with me when I'm traveling. Um, that watch has seen a lot of different places, and um, and has been to different continents as well, and so mm -hmm. and countries, of course, and so. That watch is kind of like a fly under the radar because it is a, is it a 40 miller, 40 millimeter case. And, um, if you're not paying attention, it's just, it's one of those discrete timepieces. In fact, I, I remember a couple of people, um, telling me, Hey, that's a nice tag. And I said, thank <laughs> And I said, thank you. <laughs> Because I just, I mean, I'm flying under the radar. Nobody sees it. And a lot of times, if you're not like a, a watch nerd or a watch fan, or you're not familiar with that particular watch, you're not looking at the Cyclops and it just looks mm -hmm. like another a watch. And so I was like, ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> but that, that watch is, 
I usually keep that on the bracelet. I don't think I've ever tried it on anything but the bracelet. It's very comfortable. It's very lightweight. And um, yeah, it's just easy, easy to use. Great with a suit. Great with just, you know, shorts mm-hmm. and a polo. And it's one mm-hmm. of those versatile yeah. pieces. Yeah. And I love that GMT function. It's like one of my favorite complications. So, yeah. Um, so easy just to use. So useful. Yeah. So easy to use. That's true. And and you're right. It's not like your typical Rolex with the, the Rolex design that everyone's familiar with. Um, so it's, yeah, very good. And, and the interesting part about this particular timepiece is there are, there's a pro and con right to the, to the watch. So the, the, the con unfortunately is it doesn't have any loom. Uh, yeah, (laughs) because it's a tritium dial and, but the pro Mm -hmm. is it's starting to patina a little bit. So under Uh the right light, if it, if it stays in the dark, I think for a little bit, you start seeing a little bit of yellowish on there. So, you know, it's a give and take it's, you know, behind that watch, but I totally, totally love, love that timepiece. So that, Mm -hmm. that's my number. Yeah. And the fact that, yeah, that there's no, the fact that there's no, no loom. I mean, it's, it's not a make it or you know, break it deal. Yes. It's, it's totally not, fine. We don't really, yeah, need not it. every watch has to have loom. Yeah, exactly. So that's, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. So let's, rounding um, it out so to my, number um, five. I know number five, again, it was a difficult process because I was like, well, I could go on and on. And pretty much all of my watches have some meaning behind. Um, I'm finding every excuse to <laughs> celebrate anything with a watch. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know. For those who listen to us, you, you'll recognize yourself too. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't in, think in we're that. alone. So, no, no, not at all. So, yeah, the the um, the last one that I picked uh, was uh, the Ming uh, 1706, the copper version, um, the one that I have on on uh, today, and um, this one. This one, actually, in terms of, um, you know, reasons to, to get it, the reason was that it was available. Um, I was uh, looking at it. I thought it was a great watch. Didn't know much about Ming. Did, but, you know, you, you start reading about them more and more. They, um, this, one, uh, this watch received the um, a prize, the um, Grand Prix de la Haute Horlogerie. And um, in 2019, so for 2019, they only made 300. It was a batch of 300 watches only made. And someone from Thailand was actually selling it. So I'm always, yeah, always on those blogs and forums and and Facebook chats like all day long. Um, And out of the blue, someone was selling it. And I was like, wow, uh, I've never seen it in person. I've never tried it on but the price is really good and I love the watch and um, why not? Let's, you know, so I started chatting with, you know, with the guy and he's like, yeah, I love this watch, but I'm never wearing it. So there's no point in keeping it, which, you know, could make make sense. Um, And it was during the, the lockdown. So everyone was itching to get something, you know, to get a watch. Everyone was just online listening to podcasts, reading. Uh, I mean, we were stuck at home, so this was our way to, um, you know, keep, at least for me, just, you know, stay sane in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, well, um, let's, uh, let's do it. And I, it's the first watch that I bought without seeing it or trying it on, to be honest. 
Um, it wasn't very much of a big risk compared to what I've bought before. It was like a little bit on the lower, you know, side in terms of price point. Mm. So I know I wasn't, uh, and, and I could have sold it again, like pretty much easily, not to make a profit, but if I didn't like it in person, I was like, well, I can probably resell it for, you know, same price, maybe a little less or a little more, whatever. Um, so it wasn't really a big risk, but when I opened the package and I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, that one's here to stay. It's just really, um, yeah. So that's my lockdown watch and uh, it's it's truly amazing. It's different. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's very unique. That dial is mesmerizing and um, yeah, I mean, it just gives you all the right feel when, when you have yeah, it Yeah, that dial is absolutely hypnotic and c- listen, congratulations for getting that into your collection and the reason why is because Ming just did a launch just very recently <sighs> and you can't even wait 60 minutes and that is all sold out. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's yeah. a very high demand watch. The detail of those timepieces are amazing. The value point of those, and I'm not, I'm not here. I'm, we're not getting anything from Ming, so it's not like we're getting paid. Oh, but no, 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 Ming, no. if you're listening, um, Ming watches. If you're listening, please feel free to reach out to us, and maybe we can work something yes, out. But um, no, those yes. watches in itself are high detail, high value watches, mm-hmm. and so to yes. have that in your collection, yeah. and um, I think. You know, that's, that's fantastic. Congrats on that. Yeah. So I, I bought it pre-owned because I didn't know about it, um, when it was released or I think I knew about it, but not as much. Um, so I bought it pre-owned and then I've been following them, like stalking them actually since, since I got it in my hand. Um, they released two, they released a diver and they released another watch. Both are finalists for the, also the GPHG, the Grand Prix, um, um, 2020. Uh, so we'll, we'll see where, you know, where it goes. It's, it's, it's awesome. And at the same time, it sucks because the, uh, there's another one that I love so much. The, uh, Mori from Corona, uh, is also on that list. So I'm like, damn, I want them all to win. Um, <laughs> but, but, and I know it's terrible. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wanted to get the other ones and they sold out so quickly that I couldn't even just put it in my basket and they were already gone. Uh, I am on there announced a new one. I don't know when it's going to be released. We don't really know how it's going to look like. It's called the mosaic oh, based on the loom shot itself. It's that one. I will. Um, yeah, I, I, I need to have that one for sure. So that's next. So one. I know this is only, on the next one I know ever. this is only our second episode mm-hmm. and our listeners are yes. probably trying to understand who we are. <laughs> I just want to share with you listeners that you can see how hard it is for Leslie to keep it to five. She is so passionate about watches <laughs> that that in itself was a challenge of the week to keep it to five oh watches gosh. like that mean the most important. It was. So, big bug bitten. Yes. Big bug bitten. Um, yes. Yeah. And you have to stop me when I talk too much because, again, all our conversations uh, revolved around the two hour mark. Um, <laughs> so we are trying to keep it to 30, 45 minutes. No, you're do- so you're, please stop me when I start getting you're too You're doing great. It just, <laughs> I'm just, much. I'm just wanting to highlight to our listeners out there, the passion that you have with these watches. That's, that's awesome. Yes. And the, the same passion that you share too, because I know it was hard for you Thank too. You. And, and so to round out my five, um, mm-hmm, the yes. last one, and I would be remiss if I didn't include this because I know we have a lot of listeners out there that like this timepiece, but it's the tried and true 
Omega Speedmaster Professional. Mm-hmm. It's the Hestalite crystal. It's the it's the one that uh, I mean a lot of people have, but I I definitely wanted that. I definitely wanted the, that watch in my collection. One, I love manual wine mm-hmm. watches, but secondly, mm-hmm. it's I don't have a lot of chronographs. That's one of the two chronographs mm-hmm. that I have, and it's one of those watches that I actually wear to meetings. Whether it's actually, I've worn that on a couple of different interviews, but also even to meetings with customers that I want to fly under the radar. Mm-hmm. I know I said that, but my Explorer too. But if you're somewhat of a watch nerd, you kind of know what the Omega Speedmaster um, is, and mm-hmm. and so when they see it, it it definitely has sparked up a couple of conversations, and uh, it's. I think it's at a great price point, um, but it's just a watch that I have in my collection just because, I don't know, It's it's it doesn't give off any negative vibes like some major watch brands mm-hmm. could, uh, no names mentioned, um, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely one that I, I would love to keep in my collection. Yeah, yeah, it looks so, so good. And uh, until you have one on, I don't think you can realize how good looking this watch is. And versatile. Yeah, um, thank you for that. But And versatile, yeah. You know, bracelet, great with a suit. Leather, great mm-hmm, with a mm-hmm. suit. NATO, shorts and a t-shirt. I mean, like, it is just mm-hmm, yeah. uh, a chameleon yeah. of a watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so it really is. So yeah, congrats on that one, and congrats on the on the Hesselite crystal because that's I, I also wouldn't um, get it any other way. I love the manual wound. Uh, of course, the story we will never have enough time to just, you know, mention that the story and and the stories that this watch went went through. Um, it's um, there's a reason it's an icon, um, and. I think it belongs in any in every collection as well. Um, there's plenty of different versions of that watch. I have a preference for the, um, the Speedmaster, the the first in space. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little smaller, and, and it come and I think it looks absolutely amazing on that brown strap. Um, but on the bracelet, it looks amazing. It's comfortable. It's a beautiful chronograph. Uh, and just really, just really wears so, so well. Uh, And Um, I would encourage to, um, you know, anybody out there that's getting into watch collecting, just, I would definitely encourage you to pick up one of these and just put Mm -hmm. it on your wrist, Mm -hmm. um, and, and see whether or not it, it means something to you, whether it resonates with you or not, because they're very, they're very historic timepieces that could, Mm -hmm. could add you know, something to your collection. And, you know, I was just thinking, Leslie, if I was to define myself as what type of collector am I, I'm definitely a mm-hmm. collector that likes kind of on the simpler side, but I like tool watches. I like it to have, um, a reason behind it, but the, the brands and the watches that I gravitate towards are ones that have some history behind it and that mm-hmm. have some type of, um, uh, a background that interests me. And uh, if you look at like the Explorer 2, I mean, it was a spelunking watch and, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Speedmaster, you know, it's a space watch. You know, I, I tend and the Doxa, of course, it'd be a, a dive watch. So that that's 
in a nutshell, if I'm to go ahead and describe myself, I think it would be that. And, you know, that being said, I know that since I started picking up my first piece to now, I've also evolved. And I'm sure many of our listeners have evolved too with their collection mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. But how, how would you describe yourself um, as a, your collection style? Well, that's, that's a very good question. That's like the million dollar question. I don't think I know yet. That's cool. That's okay. (laughs) I, I, um, I don't think I know. I love tool watches, Uh, tool watches, like my tutor, um, my IWCs, those are the ones that I wear the most uh, simply because I'm a little bit more rough Mm -hmm. with my watches. And so... I kind of, um, my poor master control, um, it, it's, it's, it's scratched and it's true. It looks better when it's, you know, when it's high polished. And, and so I'm most, uh, I'm more self-conscious when I wear a dressier watch for that reason, but I love extremely dressy watches too. I love high complication. Um, I, uh, for example, like one of my, probably my favorites is a minute repeater from Vacheron Constantin. Very simple, very classic, but it's not going to be one that I, you know, I'll be wearing uh, to go gardening, for example. <laughs> uh, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> but I, I would have that. I would have. Um, I, I would have some tourbillon if I could too. Um, and so I, I don't know. I probably will binge with you know watches and 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 just because I just love them so much. They just. Each of them has a unique personality. They make you feel a different way. Uh, every time, you know, when you wear one watch, you'll feel more. It's, it's like sometimes they're comparing it to perfumes. You know, you'll feel more one way. So you'll wear this perfume or you'll wear this outfit or, sure. you know, you'll wear this outfit for work or for like any situation. Well, I think watches make you feel the, the kind of the same way. So I, I I don't know. I still haven't figured it out. And um I think that you're, you're kind of, um, I think you kind of have a 30,000 foot view, if you will, of what you are as far as like a watch collector. And I think what's interesting is we look at things with similarity and we also look at things from opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm excited again, this is our second episode of bezel banter. So I think it, it will be, as we go down the road, I think it'll be interesting to see like how we complement each other with different styles and different takes Mm -hmm. on watches. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I appreciate, I appreciate spending time with you today. And, uh, this this is probably a good spot to end it, um, this episode, but Hey, to all the listeners out there, I want to thank you very much for listening and spending Mm -hmm. time with us today on bezel banter. Uh, please hit the show notes for more details and links. Again, you can follow us on Instagram. Leslie is at ladies wrist and I'm at Ernesto Guapo 72. And you can follow the show on at Bezel Banter Media uh, for any updates and new episodes or other communications. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to reach out to us on bezelbanter at gmail.com. And please subscribe and review wherever you find your podcasts because it truly helps us out. Additionally, you can grab this episode and other episodes at www.bezelbanter.com. Thanks again, and we look forward to catching up with you soon on another episode of Bezel Banter. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.